June 20th, 2019. I'm Ron Scharf. I'm Avi Kaufman. And this is Accent Insights. Well, thunder stolen. We're going to start off today uh, at 173 Mason Terrace, a really exciting, smaller single-family house that I think Avi and I both really liked. And uh, we're all fired up to talk about it today. And uh, we jump on, we look at our listings, and there it is, under agreement. Yes, yes. This happens with the hottest listings. They go quickly. And this one, you know, it was listed on Monday and broker tour yesterday and under agreement today. Yeah. And I have to say, this is a surprise to me um, because this is a this is a fairly experienced listing agent and he should know better. Uh, we've talked about this now a couple of times this season. Um, you may be cheating yourself of all of the market forces that could bring to bear on on a home if you if you accept an offer before everyone has had a chance to see it. I mean, I've I've sent emails to clients saying you really should go take a look at this house, and I think people are excited to go on the weekend. And you know, sorry, uh, no chance to do that now. Not great for the seller, although you know the buyer's agent is also a very experienced agent and knows the score as well. So you have two experienced agents on both sides of this transaction. So you know they must have come in with something that was just either too attractive to turn down. You know, it could have been uh, no contingency cash offer, way over, or the seller was just super nervous. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It could be or any combination of those things. I mean, look, we you know why was this exciting? You have a, it's a 2,100 square foot house in very nice condition. It's a very livable center entrance colonial uh, layout. The bathrooms are nice. The kitchen is beautiful. Uh, the layout is kind of open. Gorgeous back deck with a nice city view and even a backyard if you're willing to go down. You know, it's on the hill, right? So it's Mason Terrace. Mason Terrace is not for everyone. But, you know, and there it is listed for 1.7. And I think you and I both talked about this. Like, that's not going to be the price. We didn't, we didn't think that was the price under any circumstance. But you don't see the single family coming on for 1.7. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that this one just had a lot of those features that people look for. In addition to the, like, the, you know, three or, you know, two and a half bedrooms, uh, you know, on the second floor. There's also the basement really was uh, with its own private entrance, had this what could have been an in-law suite or an au pair suite. So it really would have worked for a lot of different people, a lot of different scenarios. Yeah. And somebody was aggressive and assertive and, and knew their mind and jumped on it and got it. Uh, we'll keep an eye on it. It'll be interesting to see. We don't, does it have an anticipated sale date yet? It does. Anticipated sale date of August 28th. So stay tuned. We'll come back and, and let you guys know how this went. But boy, you really had to move fast on this one. And um uh, you know, I'll have to send emails now to the people I said, go see it. Today. You know, <laughs> go make other plans on Sunday. Mini golf is fun. Maybe there's a good movie. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a fun one. You know, between you and me, we've actually done quite a lot on Mason Terrace. Uh, I think we've each done multiple sales on the street. We like this neighborhood quite a bit. It is uh, a little bit up on Summit, but that, that's good for your health, good for your legs to do that walk or bike up. No, that's right. And, and like I said, good views, um, nice, you know, great sunrise light and all of that. And it's an, it's a neighborhoody kind of street. Um, I actually did a deal with this, with this listing agent, maybe two or three years ago, he made a joke that, uh, you know, what do we only work on Mason Terrace? <laughs> he didn't, he didn't give us an opportunity to do another deal. So, so, uh, that's that. Um, there was another house just very similar to this one, uh, maybe one or two doors down that went similarly quickly about 18 months ago. So not a surprise. Um, these are unusual homes for Brookline because they are compact, let's say, but but very functional, it even has a garage. 
So, you know, a lot of people tell me, you know, we would take the smaller house and I tell them there really aren't that many smaller houses, but this is one of them. Um, and like I said, someone knew their own mind and jumped on it and then gone it went. Yeah, maybe this is a good opportunity to follow up on uh, Crown and Shield, the small single family that we spoke about maybe a month or two ago. That one was a little bit smaller than this one, but similar. 108 Crown and Shield was 2,034 square feet. 173 Mason Terrace was 2,138. Um, I will say 173 Mason Terrace felt larger than 108 Crown and Shield, but uh, the 108 Crown and Shield, also a different neighborhood, very desirable. It was listed for 1.65 and eventually sold uh, very quickly for 1.8. So you know, these small houses, there aren't a ton of them, but they are snapped up quickly when they come on. Right. And I think, you know, look, we, we try and take our clients to broker tours. If we know what they're looking for and we see something interesting, um, it really does pay to make yourself available on those Wednesdays to get a jump on it. I mean, I, I like to do it because I like my clients to be able to see something um, and think about it a little bit and then go back to the open house. But, but boy, if I had had a client in here and I expressed interest to the to the listing agent, maybe I would have gotten a heads up that that things are happening. Um, so it is important to move quickly and aggressively, even just to go see things, go see anything that looks good, because uh, you know the really good ones don't last. I think we've seen some agents in the market starting to put their listings on on Fridays instead of Wednesdays to avoid having the situation come up for their clients of having to make that decision of do we wait or not. Because uh, if you put it on Friday, it's less likely. So the, the one we talked about uh, last week, Goramav, that was one of these scenarios where they put it on Friday and they got the multiple offers over the weekend and they were able to wait um, because they didn't do the broker tour. Yes, that's right. And that actually happened to me on Stedman Street as well. Not by design, because I would have ordinarily liked to do a broker tour and, and get the broker community in, but I just, I wasn't given enough time uh, to prepare it. And so we put it up on Friday. And what I told the sellers was, look, we'll do the first open house. And then on Wednesday, we'll do a broker tour. Uh, but you know, as you said, it, the, the market was active on the weekend, and I didn't even have a chance to do that broker tour. So it is interesting. I hadn't thought that people were doing it deliberately, but it is an interesting strategy because, you know, it, it, it as you say, uh, I mean, look, if you, if you have the broker tour, you give the agents an opportunity to go back and email their clients and say, look, I saw something I think you're going to really like, and maybe get them in on Thursday or Friday, uh, and certainly get them amped up to go to the open house. So it's, it's, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I think the Friday first strategy is the right one. But it, it certainly, um, I think it would have helped on Mason Terrace. I mean, I'm really curious to see what they got here because it's the listing agent should have known great house, great location. So I really hope it was, you know, mind boggling because I think they would have had multiple offers. No question. Yeah. And we should note just for the audience so that you know, um, the agents, we are obligated to present offers when we have them to the seller. We can't refuse to present an offer. And, you know, it is always the seller's decision to accept or not. Um, and, and so it's, it's not necessarily the listing agent's decision. It's just th their advice might might go one way or the other. And I guess we'll, we'll have to keep monitoring this, see how the custom develops. I really like having this uh, tradition in Brookline of the, the broker tours. I think it is helpful. It does give people more time overall, um, but it does seem like there is a shift. And uh, I hope that it doesn't go away completely. You know, a lot of other towns don't have broker tours. And I think it's something special about Brookline and Newton that uh, very consistently we do have them. 
Right. And it's an opportunity for the agents to to just kind of run into each other and share some intel about things that are coming on the market or, you know, a story of what happened with another listing. So, it, you know, it's, it's great for us to just kind of get the inside scoop on a lot of things um, that you don't get mm-hmm. when you're just sitting in front of your computer. Yeah, it definitely makes it more collegial and better information. I, you know, I think the more information that's shared, it creates a more efficient market and um, better experience for the buyers, the sellers, the agents. Agreed. Agreed. Why don't we move on? So let's let's quickly jump to 76 Clark Road. Uh, this is a new construction. They're calling it a townhouse. It's not quite a side-by-side townhouse. There's a, there's a little bit of side-by-side. There's a little bit of up and down. It's two units together. Um, they kind of mesh in, in interesting ways, but only one of them is on the market right now, unit one. I think unit two, I uh, heard the agent say, ha- is already under agreement. Very nice house. It's it's 3,000 square feet. Uh, it's listed for a million nine nine, so basically two million dollars. That equates to what do we say, six hundred fifty five dollars a square foot, uh, which you know it's it's a lower price point than I put one hundred one segment on for. Um, it is it's newer for sure. It is not in that sort of ultra sweet Coolidge Corner spot, but it's you know it's near the high school. Um, it's near the T. It's near Route Nine, so it's it's going to work well for um, for someone, I think. Um, and a couple of interesting choices on this one. Yeah, I mean, for the price and for the new construction and, you know, still very desirable location, it seems like like a bargain. There were a couple interesting things. There's a, a one driveway that goes in uh, to a large garage that's, that's sort of shaped like an L with two spots on one leg of the L for one unit and two spots on the other leg of the L for the other unit. And the the driveway is a little bit of a jagged line to go around an existing uh, separate garage. And and I think it will be challenging to go in or out of this this space with a large car or even a small one. You'll have to get used to it. And it was just an interesting choice that they didn't demolish the that existing uh, old garage to make a straight path in or out. It's this kind of thing you can you can get used to. But, you know, if you if you have a Cadillac Escalade, this this might be challenging. I agree, and and I think if you have one and your neighbor has one, uh, things are going to get ugly. Um, you know, we looked at it. There's some of the spots that look like you really want to back in, um, but the problem, as you say, is it's long to get to the to the door. It's a single car garage door, right? So it's not even a double door. It's a single door that takes you into a big open space. Um, and so you, it's going to be very hard to, to nose into some of those spots and then back out to, to pull out. So you're either backing into the garage or backing out of the garage. But because that driveway jogs around the existing uh, standalone garage, it's not great. And interesting, the developer is selling that standalone garage, I think, for $60,000. So the, the, I think this is a, an example of boy, they're really trying to squeeze every dollar they can out of this property. And I wonder if it's going to hurt them in terms of getting, you know, a, a buyer for this unit. It didn't hurt them for getting a buyer for the other unit that's also using the same garage. So good for them for that. I don't know if they took a discount or, or you know, what they sold that for. We, we, don't, we don't know that yet. But um, when, when you do development, you have to ask these questions, you know, what am I what what are my choices going to save me and what are they going to cost me? So I think, you know, someone had to think, well, is this going to going to cost us a buyer or cost us more than the 60,000 we hope to get for that garage? Uh, which, you know, also selling a standalone garage in someone else's property, 
is an interesting choice too, because you know you kind of want to live on Clark Road if you use that garage. So the 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 market for it is is maybe a little bit small. So it'll be interesting to see how this one does. Um, the space itself is very nice. You know the the bedrooms tend to have some eaved space, uh, but not too bad. It's bright and airy. I think like the like the path to the garage, there was a bathroom that had an interesting sort of walk in and have to jog to the left to get in. So, you know, maybe the, some of the space planning wasn't ideally optimized, but it is, you know, it's new construction. Um, and, uh, you know, it's in a good neighborhood for, for many people. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Um, it was a fun one to see anyway. Now, we also saw um, a one-bedroom, just to change the pace a little bit. Uh, in this podcast, we saw a one-bedroom, 50 Park Street, Unit 33. It's a prime location. This is right uh, south side of Coolidge Corner, uh, very walkable to Washington Square, great parks, You know, very central location. It's a little bit of an older building, but great unit. This is one bedroom with a, a parking spot, one bathroom for six twenty nine. Yeah, I, I agree with you. You know, this is, I think the building uh, is built in 1968. So the surprise to me, and I've seen, I think we've both seen several units in this building. There have been a few on the market recently. They're not all in great shape. And the building itself, it is it is as old as it is. Um, the lobby is in very nice condition. And the other thing that's nice about it is there's a parking lot behind it with a door, you know, out the back. So, you know, the access to parking is is good. But this unit surprised me because it is in, it's in very nice condition. It's updated. It's very pleasant. Um, you know, it has a nice balcony and it has a nice open feel to it. It's a one bedroom. So there's not much you can say about it, but the location is fabulous. Um, and uh, if you're looking for a one bedroom in an elevator building in Coolidge Corner, this could be the one. It could. And something that, that people note about this one, this building in particular, uh, this is one of those buildings where washer dryers cannot be installed in the units. So, you know, you have to use the either go to a laundromat or use the one that's in the basement of the unit, um, which, you know, on the plus side, you'll run into your neighbors and get to know the other people in the building. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, that's a good point, because that is something that matters to a lot of people. So, yes, it, I think we asked this question in one of the basement units and uh, we were told no, no, a thousand times no. So, yeah. And also, you know, as you said, this is an older building, but they, they've done uh, assessments in the past, you know, 10 years and there's even a current one to update the plumbing. So I actually view that as a positive sign that they're that they're updating things in the building and not just leaving everything uh, to, to rot, you know, that they're, they're actively fixing things. So, so you know, I mentioned the plumbing they're doing now. They did um, heat pipe replacements in 2019 for a part of it. They did some work on the stairs in 2016, different things like that. So, you know, no one loves an assessment, but it's good to see that in a building that feels a little bit older, that work is done. I think you're right. And that's a very important point because people do like assessment sort of a dirty word, but it's really not, right? Because if you own a home, every now and then you have to put some money into it. And, uh, you know, so you don't have assessments against yourself as a single family homeowner, you just do what you need to do. And that's essentially what these assessments are for, for condo associations. Sometimes, you know, the condo runs a surplus and they can do what they need to do with that surplus. But that also means that they're kind of, you know, they're, you're, you're paying in your condo dues more than you need to just to run the building. So there's, there's a couple ways of, of running a condo association. You can, you can take a little bit more in so that you're building up that cushion so that when you need to do a big uh, program, you have some money. Or you can run it lean and say, look, we're just going to take what we need as we need it. But 
when the time comes that we have to do the pipes or we have to do the bricks, we're all going to have to pay. Um, so assessment is not a bad thing when you're buying, of course, you want the seller to pay it so that you, you walk in with a clean slate and, you know, obviously you'll pay for the next thing. You know, I think obviously that's, that's an important point you make that, uh, assessments are actually not a bad thing at all. You want a well-managed maintained building and, and that costs money. Yeah. Well, I think that's it for this week. Uh, it was an exciting week, even though we're past mid-June. Um, you know, it's June 20th. There's still quite a bit of activity. And uh, I think uh, this has been a good start to summer so far. Yeah. So stay tuned. We'll see what next week holds. 